Turn in your Bibles to chapter 25 of Exodus. But just remember that Moses has led the children of Israel out of Egypt with these mighty signs and wonders that destroyed the nation of Egypt. And when they left, God told him to ask of the Egyptians for silver and gold and money. So Egypt didn't have anything left. They took all their money, everything with them. And so that's how today, how did they have time or money to build this glorious way of approach to God? This tabernacle, I think 13 or 14 chapters in the Bible are given to talking about it, writing about it, and two or three about the creation of the world. So this is a very, very important study of the tabernacle in the wilderness, and I'm going to try to bring things up here. That's the high priest, supposedly. This is probably 50 or 60 years old, this whole thing. But it's just a thrilling study, to tell you the truth. It all pictures Jesus, starting with there was only one entrance, one door, like we sing with the children, one door and only one, yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside, on which side are you? See, Jesus <laughs> is the door, and we go through the door to, to approach him. And they went through the one door, on the east to approach God. It was a portable building. It had to be because how were they led? The pillar of fire by night and what? By a cloud by day. So when the cloud lifted up, this was a portable building. They had to get busy and imagine uh, hundreds and hundreds of people would have to be putting these because these the, the curtains and the things that they were anchored in were 50 pound blocks of silver that were buried under the sand. I mean, so that it was very secure, this outer court. And all the colors following all the way through picture something about Jesus. First of all, that he came from heaven and he came to pay for sin. These are the colors you see all through there. And how was sin taken care of? The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The red pictures the blood and this is the beautiful embroidered linen first one that they would look up and see cherubim. And Dr. Unger said cherubim, they are guardians of God's throne. And B-I-M, anything with an I-M on the end is always a plural in the Hebrew. So more than one cherub. And Dr. Unger says the cherub was a lion's body with a head of a woman. Well, that's like the sphinx, isn't it? Because I'm, even though the head of the Sphinx over there is, with age, is, you can't tell hardly what it is, but that's what it represents. It represents the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. So all of this, this was the, the first covering, and it, it had cherubim embroidered. I mean, this is nothing compared to how it looked. It was white, fine twined linen, but with these colors all that are all through here embroidered in it that Jesus came from heaven he's absolutely perfect and pure his blood shed for our sins and that he came from heaven he's royalty See, all of this pictures something about the Lord Jesus Christ so we're going to read a little bit about it let's turn to Exodus 25 then we'll talk about it as we go along then the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. 
So this is an, all the things they brought were an offering. Where did they get the money? Well, from Egypt, when they spoiled the Egyptians. That they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly. Now you get the idea how God likes us to give willingly. He doesn't want a begrudged offering that we bring him. Anyone that brings it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet yarn. All these same colors. Fine linen thread and goat's hair. Now the goat's hair, it was a black goat, so that's where you get the black. Now the goat's hair was a black goat. Ram skins dyed red. So they took ram, they had plenty of goats, and they would dye, dye it red, because it had to picture the blood that had to be shed to pay for sin. And until Jesus came, it was an animal, an innocent animal, that its life was taken for the sin of the offerer. So they would put their hand on the head of the ram or the lamb and say, I deserve to die for my sin. They, in their heart, they would say, but God has made a way that this innocent animal can die in my place. Well, so now you and I can say, we're sinners, but God has made a way that his precious innocent son, the Lord Jesus, has died for our sin. So it's a wonderful teaching that we get from this tabernacle. And so then he said, you shall take gold, silver, and bronze, chapter 25, verse 4. Ram skins dyed red, badger skin, or it probably is really uh, porpoise leather. It's unclear, but they, there were plenty of porpoise in the Red Sea. So some kind of leather from the sea. Ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, which is a tough uh, desert wood that was practically impervious. Oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod. The ephod was this breastplate that the high priest had. Stones to be set in this ephod that he wore over his chest and with 12 stones, each one a different one for the, each tribe of Israel. So where was the high priest as he approached God to keep the children of Israel right over his heart as he would approach God and six tribes on each shoulder. So he carried their burdens on his shoulder and he had their names over his heart all the time when he was ministering to the Lord. Now, I'm sure it didn't look quite like this, but somewhat like it, but see the same colors, the red, the blue, the purple, and the white and the gold. So onyx stones, verse seven, to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate and let them make me a sanctuary. So this is what God is saying now. Uh, after they've come out of Egypt and they've gotten the Ten Commandments, told not to worship other gods, how do we know what sin is? That's a good question. By the Ten Commandments. Just remember that. We know what sin is from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And so then they were to make God a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God wants to be among his people according to all that I show you. That's what God is telling Moses. That is the pattern. So a pattern is copying something that's real someplace else. Of the pattern 
of all its furnishings, the pattern that's up in heaven. So there's a building like this, a heavenly tabernacle. That is maybe where God dwells in the Holy of Holies. It had three rooms, the outer court with its white linen fence, keep out unless you come through the one door. Keep out unless you come through the one door. Well, that's it. You don't have any access to God in the Old Testament tabernacle teaching unless you come through the one door. And so then they would come and they would meet one of the priests here. They would bring their blood sacrifice. They would bring a little lamb or a goat whatever, uh, or a bull, whatever it was. And, and the five offerings are in the first couple chapters of Leviticus. You can read just what they are. And so here would be a priest standing. They would bring their offering. The priest would put the animal up here on the altar and slay it. If it's a burnt offering, the whole animal would be consumed. If it's a peace offering, not the whole animal. And then some of the, the beef or the hind or the rump roast or whatever, they could, the people could have. But each one is spelled out in Leviticus chapter 1. So they would meet the priest, he would slay the animal, and the animal would be sacrificed for the sin of the person. Now when you read later that, like Joab, he was running away, and they thought anybody who killed anyone, they said that if they would run and grab a hold of the horns of the altar, that would be this, they'd be safe. <laughs> well, Joab did this in the time of Solomon, and Solomon said, go get him anyway. So he was hanging on to this, and Solomon's men came and killed him anyway. Joab was the cousin of David. So then here was the altar that the animal sacrificed, you have to come through a blood sacrifice, but the priest would get dirty. And so there's a laver of cleansing. They put their feet, probably had a place on the bottom water for their feet and the top because they would be bloody, killing the animal and sacrificing it. So this was a cleansing, the laver of cleansing. And all of this, Jesus is our laver of cleansing too. And so then after they're cleansed, the priest would go in through this curtain into the holy place, and then this is the Holy of Holies. So there were two rooms. This is the showbread table, S-H-E-W, bread. And they, each week, there would be fresh loaves, 12, one for each tribe. And they would be kind of like a great big pancake, you know, and they would be piled up six on one side, six on the other of the showbread. And there would be a golden rolls between each of the layers so they could lift the layer up. I mean, it's all the directions are in here as we go through. So then they would put it here, every fresh bread for the priests to eat while they ministered in the tabernacle. And, you know, Jesus said, I am the what? Bread. So everything pictured Jesus. And across the room of the tent is... Can you see through here and see that that's a lampstand of solid gold? And I think it was Dr. McGee said that it was probably worth several million dollars. It was the light for the place, for the tabernacle. And Jesus is the light of the world and that pictures him. And it was on one side, each place that they're put, on one side, on the east, on the south, it tells them exactly how to do it, how to worship God, how to approach him. So they would come with the blood sacrifice, 
the priest would cleanse himself, then he would take the blood through here and he would take it in and sprinkle it in here behind the Holy of Holies, in the Holy of Holies, over the Ark of the Covenant. This is the Ark of the Covenant and it had places on the side for poles to be put in it and it had to be carried on their shoulders and somebody died in the time of David when they touched this and they died. Uzzah was his name. This is, represents God's throne with the, the cherubim, these are supposed to be cherubim, with their wings touching, looking down over the ark. In the ark were the Ten Commandments, the commandments, and Aaron's rod that budded. So it was a small little box, two feet by three feet, I think. So that means that Aaron's rod wasn't very long. Maybe it was like a baton more. And looking down over it were guardians of God's throne, the cherubim. And it had to be carried. And when it was not carried, whoever touched it died. It's very, it's, it's, God is very specific about this. So it was in this holy place and then the Holy of Holies is behind it. So it was by itself and only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year, not without blood, not without a blood sacrifice. So all of this way of approach to God pictures some area of truth about Jesus. And it's just very thrilling to read about it and to think about it. It had to be portable because the minute the cloud lifted up, they had to be ready to go. Well, you can imagine it would take maybe several thousand people to put this together quickly. Well, they had to. So anyway, this is the tabernacle in the wilderness, and it served them for 40 years while they wandered, and it was portable because who knew when the cloud would be lifted up and they were ready to go again. So anyway, this is the tabernacle. So we're going to read I want them to bring me an offering, God says in the 25th chapter of Exodus. Bring me an offering willingly. And this is the offering. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen thread, and goat's hair. Ram skins dyed red, badger skins, or porpoise leather, and acacia wood. Oil for the light. This badger skin, nobody knows exactly what it is but it probably was some sea creature because they were right near the Dead Sea. Badger skins and acacia wood, the tough desert wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. He wore this over his chest at all times and the stones represented each of the, one of the tribes. And this is interesting because at the bottom were bells of gold, but they were red, the same colors, red, blue, purple. And when the high priest, I've lost a few bells here, I see. But anyway, they knew that he was working when the tinkling of the bells. And if the bells quit tinkling, they, he had a rope they tied on his ankle because that meant he died and they'd have to pull him out, you know, drag him out because nobody could go in there without dying into the Holy of Holies. Only this guy, the high priest, once a year, not without blood. Let them make me a sanctuary 
according to all that I show you, verse 8. That is the pattern of the tabernacle. So this is a copy of something in heaven, of God's tabernacle. And the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood, which was two and a fourth feet wide, very small. An ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits shall be its length. And a cubit, they say, was about 18 inches, like on a man's arm. So it would be about two and a half feet wide. And a cubit and a half its height, or two and a fourth feet high. And you shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out. You shall overlay it and shall make it a molding of gold all around. So it was probably very beautiful. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side and two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood. Overlay them with gold. And I suppose this acacia wood would picture Jesus in his humanity and the other would picture Jesus in his sovereignty and his heavenly position. You shall put the poles into the rings to be carried. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark and they shall not be taken from it. So they always had to be in here. And if somebody tried to carry it another way on a new cart, for example, everybody connected with it died. They had to do it God's way. And that's what he said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. There's just one way. And so he's very specific about that. And he was with the building of this tabernacle. In 2 Samuel 6, 3, Uzzah. Maybe we ought to look at that where he was on a cart and the oxen stumbled and he, he was afraid it was going to fall off the cart. He put his hand on it, died immediately. Doing a good thing, he thought. So that was in 2 Samuel 6, 3. Chapter 6, the ark is brought to Jerusalem in this chapter. David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, whose name is called by the name, the Lord of hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. So this is where God says he dwells in the middle between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab. It had been there for 50 years in the house of Abinadab. And because it was brought in safely, God had blessed that family of Abinadab on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments made of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error. This is the sin unto death that we read about in 1 John 5, 6 and 1 Corinthians 5, 5. And he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah 
to this day. David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord until he talked to the priest and found out what God had said in the word. So David wouldn't move the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite, who was a Levite from the family of Korah. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was when those bearing the ark, I see he's got it right this time. He found out that he can't put it on a cart or anything else. Those bearing, underline that in your Bible, bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all of his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord, set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings, peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of the hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, to everyone, a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, cake of raisins. So all the people departed and everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself. He had a linen effort on, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Now back here where we were with the tabernacle. This is back in chapter 25, verse 15. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark, they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark the testimony, which would be the Ten Commandments, the stone, which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. This is the same word, a covering. A covering. You make a, a covering of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length. And this is the same word used as propitiation. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins the covering for our sin. You should make a mercy seat of pure gold. That's the propitiation, the lid. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. So, and you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work, you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, the other cherub at the other end. 
and you shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. So both of them down looking at the mercy seat. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And in the ark you shall put the testimony or the Ten Commandments that I will give you. And there I will meet with you. See, I will meet with you back here. I will meet with you and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the ark of the testimony. I will speak to you of all things which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. You shall also make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, three and a half feet long, two and a fourth feet high, one and a half foot wide. And you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a molding of gold all around. You shall make for it a, a frame of a handbreadth all around, and you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the four corners that are at its four legs. The rings shall be close to its frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold that the table may be carried with them. And you shall make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, and its bowls for pouring. You shall make them of pure gold. And you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. This was to be the food of the priests. And you shall also make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be of hammered work. And I think it was Dr. McGee that said it would be almost impossible to do this out of one block of gold like a sculptor would do it. The lampstand of hammered work, its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental buds and flowers. This word knobs is buds. Ornamental buds and flowers shall be of one piece. And six branches shall come out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. Three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch. The branches shall come out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. Three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental knob and a flower, three bowls like almond blossoms on the other branch. And then when you come in to read about Solomon building the beautiful temple for the Lord, it's the same kind of thing that he puts these almond branches and palms and ornamental buds, buds, blossoms, and fruits. That's the whole order of how things grow. First the bud, then the blossom, then the fruit. <laughs> and that should be kind of a picture of our Christian growth. First we get saved, then we blossom, hopefully, and then we bear fruit. That's what God wants us to do. On the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob, and bud and flower. And there shall be, now the old King James calls it a knop, K-N-O-P, but it, it's a bud. And there shall be a bud under the first two branches of the same, and a bud under the second two branches of the same, and a bud under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches that extend from the lampstand. Their buds and their branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be 
one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it. And its wick trimmers and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made of a talent of pure gold with all these utensils. This is 98 pounds, 12 ounces of pure gold. <laughs> That's a lot of gold, right? A talent of pure gold. And see to it that you make them according to the pattern of the heavenly tabernacle, a pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So back here, a little farther, we see with Moses going up to the mountain after the covenant was, or the contract of the Ten Commandments was ratified. Moses, go back to chapter 24. Moses went up also to the mountain, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. This is chapter 24, verse 10. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. This would be Mount Sinai. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. And indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, these priests can take care of it. Let him go to them, Aaron and Hur. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud. And they say that if you have pictures of Mount Sinai, that the top of it is charred, still. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So then we come to this part where God is telling them, chapter 25, the Lord spoke to Moses, bring me an offering from everyone who does it willingly. You have to bring blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen thread, and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skin, uh, or porpoise leather, and acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the effort in the breastplate, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. So God wants, now that they've come out of Egypt, he wants to dwell in their midst. Now where does he dwell today? In our midst. You know, each believer, the moment you believe in Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you. So he dwells in us today. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. And then it tells about the ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits is its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold, inside and out, overlay it, and shall make a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it. Put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, 
two rings on the other. And you shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. And you shall put into the ark. So this is how it's, it looks, sort of. <laughs> but the idea of it. You shall make a mercy seat. This is the covering, the propitiation seat. Of pure gold, two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work. You shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. And if it looked like a sphinx, it would be the body of a lion, the body of a lion, and the head of a human being with wings, a winged lion. It probably was a very awesome thing to see. Two cherubim of gold, of hammered work, you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two side ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. So these winged lions with heads of humans uh, would be facing the mercy seat, facing, looking down. And between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel, you shall also make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height, three feet long, two and a fourth feet high, one and a half foot wide. You shall overlay it with pure gold. And I've written in my margin two chapters on creation of the world and 13 chapters on the tabernacle in the Bible. That shows you how important it is to God. Three bowls shall be made like almond blossoms on one branch with an ornamental bud and a flower. Three bowls like an, an almond blossom on the other branch with an ornamental knob, bud and flower. And so for the six branches that come out of the lampstand, on the lampstand itself, four bowls shall be made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental bud and flower. And there shall be a bud under the first two branches of the same, and a bud under the second two branches of the same, and a bud under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches that extend from the lampstand. Their buds and their branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, and they shall arrange its lamps so that they give light in front of it. And its wick trimmers and their trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made of 98 pounds, 12 ounces of pure gold with all these utensils. And see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So when Moses was up on the mountain, God gave him the pattern for all of this because a pattern copies something from heaven. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with 10 curtains. Here we have these curtains woven of fine linen thread and blue and purple and scarlet yarn. What do these colors represent? The blue that Jesus came from heaven, the purple that he's deity, and the red that his blood would be shed for the sins of the world, and the white is purity. The length of each curtain shall be eight cubits, and the width of each curtain four cubits, and every one of the curtains shall have the same measurement. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. 
and you shall make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the curtain on the selvage of one set, and likewise you shall do on the other edge, outer edge of the other curtain of the second set. Fifty loops. Um, Dr. Pentecost, in one of his writings, said fifty loops of the liberty that was pictured at the Feast of Jubilee and at the Feast of Pentecost. Fifty loops you shall make in one curtain. I mean, you can spend days and months talking about this. There are books written. I think I told you before that when we first moved here, there was quite a Bible teacher at a Presbyterian church over in uh, St. Pete, and we would go over to hear him. He was so good. And I thought it was wonderful because I'd never heard teaching on the tabernacle before. And somebody said he hasn't been out of it for three years <laughs> teaching this. They were sick of it, evidently. But I certainly enjoyed it. Verse 6, You shall make fifty clasps of gold and couple the curtains together with the clasps so that it may be one tabernacle. You shall also make curtains of goat's hair. They would be black to be a tent. So that would be the curtain of, of goat's hair over the tabernacle. So this must be the first one that sin is as black as it can be and a bad, bad thing. Sin. A curtain of goat's hair to be a tent over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains and 11 pictures lawlessness and disorder. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits and the width of each curtain 4 cubits. And the 11 curtains shall all have the same measurement. And you shall couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves, and you shall double over the sixth curtain at the forefront of the tent. You shall make fifty loops on the edge of the curtain that is outermost in one set, and fifty loops on the edge of the curtain of the second set. And you shall make fifty bronze clasps, put the clasps into the loops, and couple the tent together, that it may be one. The remnant that remains of the curtains of the tent, the half curtain that remains, shall hang over the back of the tabernacle. So there'd be some hanging over the back of the tabernacle. And a cubit on one side and a cubit on the other side of what remains of the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle, on this side and on that side, to cover it. So there would be some hanging over here, not all the way. So you shall also make a covering of ram skins dyed red, for the tent and a covering of badger skins. So here's the ram skins dyed red and the porpoise leather dark blue next, all picturing Jesus. His blood would be shed. He came from heaven, his royalty. You shall make the boards of acacia wood, verse 15, standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of one of a board and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. So the width was about 18 or 25 or so inches. I've written in my margin the roof of this with four layers of leather cloth. Well, that would keep the bad weather out, wouldn't it? Two tenons shall be in each board. So the boards had feet on them, so they would rest on the desert floor. Two tenons shall be in each board for binding one to another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And you shall make the boards for the tabernacle. Twenty boards for the south side. Forty, you shall make forty sockets of silver 
under the 20 boards, two sockets under one board for its two tenants, two feet, and two sockets under another board for its two feet. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there should be 20 boards, and there are 40 sockets, exactly, God wants this very precise. And there are 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. For the far side of the tabernacle, westward, you shall make six boards, and you shall make two boards for the two back corners of the tabernacle. They shall be coupled together at the bottom. They shall be coupled together at the top by one ring. Thus it shall be for both of them. They shall be of the two corners. So there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, 16 sockets, two sockets under one board and two sockets under another board. And you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the boards of one side of the tabernacle, five boards on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the side of the tabernacle for the far side westward. The middle bar shall pass through the midst of the boards from end to end, and you shall overlay the boards with gold, make their rings of gold as holders for the bars, and overlay the bars with gold, and you shall raise up the tabernacle according to its pattern which you were shown on the mountain. This is God saying this to Moses. And you shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen thread. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. So this is going to be this veil. The veil was ran into, but the veil in this tabernacle way in the Old Testament would be a veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarn. See, the same colors and fine linen thread. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. So you can imagine this beautiful embroidered with angels. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold. And you know, all of this, since God is telling him exactly how it is, how do you think it's going to be for us when we get to heaven? I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those of us that love him. We just can't imagine the glory that awaits believers. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony of the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it says it's behind the veil. So you can make your choice. I think it's probably like it is back here, outside. The ninth chapter of Hebrews talks about this. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. So on the south side would be the lampstand and the table on the north side. You shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle woven of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen thread made by a weaver. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood, overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. You shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long, five cubits broad, and the height of the altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. You shall make its horns on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. And bronze always in the Bible speaks of judgment. So the animal was on a, judged and killed on a bronze altar. 
you shall make its pans to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, its forks, and its firepans. You shall make all the utensils of bronze. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze, and on the network, when you see bronze, just write judgment, how things have to be, judgment has to be meted out. You shall make a grate for it, a network of bronze, and on the network you shall make four bronze rings at its four corners. You shall put it under the rim of the altar beneath, uh, that the network may be midway up the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood. The poles shall be put in its rings, and the poles shall be on two sides of the altar to bear it. And you shall make it hollow with boards, as it was shown you on the mountain. So shall they make it. You shall also make for the court of the tabernacle, the south side, there shall be hangings for the court, woven of fine linen thread, and this would be like canvas, and a hundred cubits long for one side. So the curtains were seventy seven and a half feet high, and its twenty pillars and their twenty sockets shall be of bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their bands shall be of silver. And let me just say, in all the books that I have on this subject, I mean, it's all typical of truth from Scripture about Jesus. Likewise, along the length of the north side shall be hangings 100 cubits long with its 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of bronze and the hooks of the pillars and their bands of silver. And along the width of the court of the west side shall be hangings of 50 cubits with their 10 pillars and 10 sockets. The width of the court on east side shall be 50 cubits. The hangings on one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits with their three pillars and three sockets. And on the other side shall be hangings of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. For the gate of the court, there shall be a screen 20 cubits long, woven kind of like a lattice, woven of blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen thread made by a weaver. It shall have four pillars and four sockets. And all the pillars around the court shall have bands of silver. That always pictures redemption in the Bible. Their hooks shall be of silver and their sockets of brown. The length of the court shall be a hundred cubits, the width fifty throughout, and the height five cubits, woven of fine linen thread and its sockets of bronze. All the utensils of the tabernacle, for all its service, all its pegs, and all the pegs of the court shall be of bronze, judgment. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to cause the lamp to burn continually in the tabernacle of meeting outside the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his sons shall tend it from evening until morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever to their generations on behalf of the children of Israel. Now take Aaron, your brother, he's talking to Moses, and his sons with him, Nadab and Abihu, and are from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me, to me as priest, Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. And you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to sanctify him, that he may minister to me as priests. These are the garments which they shall make a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. I just wonder how much of this Jesus wore when he was on earth. So they shall make 
holy garments for Aaron, your brother, and his sons, that he may minister to me as priest. And they shall take the gold and blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine linen and make me an ephod of gold and blue and purple and scarlet thread. The ephod is this breastplate that you see here. And it shall have two shoulder straps joined at the two edges, and it shall be joined together. And the intricately woven band of the ephod which shall be on it shall be of the same workmanship, woven of gold and blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine linen thread. Then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the six of the sons of Israel. So these onyx stones were to be on the shoulders. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. You shall set them in settings of gold. And you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. You shall also make settings of gold, and you shall make two chains of pure gold like braided cords and fasten the braided chains to the settings. You shall make the breastplate of judgment artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. You shall make it of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet thread, and of fine linen you shall make it. It shall be doubled into a square. A span shall be its length. So it would make a, a muff, really, that he wore this muff, and he could put his hands in it. This is it, how big it is. They shall put settings of stones in it, verse 17. Four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and an emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be a turquoise, sapphire, and diamond. Well, you read all of this about in, in the heavenly city in Revelation 21. The third row, a jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold settings. And the stone shall have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Each one with its own name, they shall be according to the twelve tribes. And you shall make chains for the breastplate at the end, like braided cords of pure gold. And you shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate, and put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. Then you shall put the two braided chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. And the other two ends of the two braided chains you shall fasten to the two settings and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in the front. It's very intricate that God, exactly like he wants it. You shall make two rings of gold, and someday we'll understand all that this really means about Jesus. And you shall make two rings of gold, put them on the two ends of the breastplate on the edge of it, which is on the inner side of the ephod. And the two other rings of gold you shall make, and put them on the two shoulder straps underneath the ephod toward its front, right at the seam above the intricately woven band of the ephod. They shall bind the breastplate by means of its rings to the rings of the ephod using a blue cord so that it is above the intricately woven band of the ephod so that the breastplate does not come loose from the ephod. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart. So the names would be on each of the stones when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually. And you shall put in the breastplate of judgment 
the Urim and Thummim, and they shall be over. Um, this what these Urim and Thummim, probably a white diamond and a black diamond, maybe. Nobody knows exactly. And they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. You shall make a robe of the ephod of all blue. There shall be an opening for his head in the middle of it. And it shall have a, a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening in a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. And upon its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet yarn, these pomegranates. And some have wondered, the name is Rimmon, and you wonder if these, this was the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Some think that it was pomegranate on the fruit of the tree that Adam and Eve were told, no, you don't eat that. All around its hem and bells of gold between them all around, a golden bell and a pomegranate. See, a golden bell, and here's a pomegranate. <laughs> golden bell, uh, some of them have fallen off. Golden bell and a pomegranate around the bottom. And bells of gold between them all around. Golden bell and a pomegranate. And it shall be upon Aaron's shoulder when he ministers. And its sound will be heard when he goes into the holy place before the Lord. And when he comes out, that he may not die. And you also... May, shall make a plate, a miter, of pure gold, and engrave on it, like the engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. See, so the people were represented before God by the high priest. And you shall put it on a blue cord, that it may be on the turban. It shall be on the front of the turban. So it shall be on Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things with the cho which the children of Israel hallow, in all their holy gift, and it shall always be on his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. You shall skillfully weave the tunic of fine linen thread. You shall make the turban of fine linen. You shall make the sash of woven work. For Aaron's sons, you shall make tunics and shall make sashes for them. I just wonder if this is how Jesus will look when we see him. And you shall make hats for them for glory and beauty. So you shall put them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him. You shall anoint them, consecrate them, sanctify them, that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall make for them linen trousers to cover their nakedness. They shall reach from the waist to the thighs. And they shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place, that they do not incur iniquity and die. It shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him. So we'll stop here, and next week we'll start with chapter 29, which has about how the priests are consecrated in the next part. And then it brings the different, the different offerings are mentioned, the sin offering, the burnt offering, all of these offerings. Well, we'll see this next time. Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. Bless these things for our heart. It isn't easy to even think about these things, but if you think so much of them, we better start, start examining this ourselves. So we ask that you would open our eyes and ears to the things that you want us to know from your word. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.